0: Right, hello, welcome to Do The Franchise with Jake.
1: And and James. Are you here, James? It's Sort of. What <laughs> day is it? <laughs> because some it, people listening Wednesday, to this... It's
0: Wednesday, Thursday. People listening to this will have no idea what just happened before you came on. So,
1: uh, uh, yeah, are you definitely working? You're on the internet? Are we, are we in? Yeah, I, I assume that you're at home, over the internet, and not in my head. Um, p- probably a bit of both. Um, at, at this stage... That you could be in my head, and this could all not be real.
0: It is like a giant simulation, although if this was a giant simulation, I probably would have made something more interesting out of it. Um,
1: and I probably what, you you wouldn't have chosen to review Man of Steel if this was not real. <laughs> How did you guess? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've, I've given the game away. We're, we're reviewing Man of Steel, otherwise known as Superman 1, 2, and 3, but grittier.
0: Yeah, it's kind of. It's a remake, reboot of a franchise. So, yeah, Man of Steel is a reboot of Superman and it's doing it in... as This is the first film in the DC universe, isn't it? Yes,
1: yeah. Although I don't think they were admitting to starting a new universe at this point. But um, they were really worried that people wouldn't get involved, so they put Christopher Nolan's name all over it. Even though he had very little to do with the film.
0: (laughs) This is interesting. Right. So, Man of Steel um, came out in 2013. Uh, It was made in a $225 million budget. Um, IMDB gave it 7 out of 10, James.
1: Okay. That's reasonable. So,
0: higher than the last couple. Um, But Rotten Tomatoes went the other way, so they gave it 56%.
1: Wow, okay. So Just over half. Fair, fair to say it's called Divisive, then. It's a think, divisive film.
0: I think it's very divisive. I don't think it's necessarily um, the greatest comic book action movie ever. It's by no stretch the worst of the comic book origin films. Um, no, true. It, it kind of felt... And this is this is saying this with a lot of hindsight because it's 2020 and we've got a few DC universe films around now and it's kind of been and gone in a way, hasn't it? But um, yeah. this this didn't necessarily feel like it was necessarily kicking off a film franchise. Does that make sense?
1: I, absolutely. Uh, I think it it almost feels like it wants to carry on the Nolan Batman franchise. Agreed. More than it does start its own thing. I mean. It's it's almost like we, I remember when the trailers came out and it was all sort of, hey, remember that gritty Batman film you liked? Well, here's the same thing. Nolan's involved. It's grounded. Yeah. What's that? Aliens? Uh, yeah, they're grounded. They give birth just like humans. Yeah. Uh, go with it. I, I <laughs> it was just so weird that you've got you know grounded Nolan ideas melded with Superman, the alien kid from space who's basically a god.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I completely agree. I just don't agree. understand what they were going for. Um, before I ask for your definitive review, I I think I wrote it down in my notes. So this film, um, for people who haven't seen it, obviously I'm hoping you have if you're listening to this episode, but it's kind of a science fiction, alien invasion, army gritty uh, war action fantasy superhero origin movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that fair? I don't know why they didn't just go with that as the tagline Jake. That that's described it perfectly. <laughs> this
0: this for me um is it's is it's it both its it's good points, but its biggest downfall is that it doesn't know what
1: it is. Yeah. Um it's yeah, not I mean Yeah, sorry, go on. I was gonna say, say what you want about Quest for Peace. It knew what it was. A hundred
0: percent. <laughs> and I would say the same with with Superman Returns, the rendition done by uh, by, by Brian Singer. Brian Singer's Superman Returns felt like, yes, it was trying to be a bit of a reboot, but it was ultimately paying homage to the Christopher Reeve films that we've watched and loved. This yeah. one is like you say; it's almost trying to pay homage to the Dark Knight trilogy, um, but at the same time, it's stealing ideas from dozens of movies like The Matrix, Gattaca. Um, it's taking uh, the the costume design from uh, oh god I forgot the film now um, I'll think of it in a bit but it, it's kind of a bit all over the place and then it is. and then you've got like you said the Batman Begins Superman origin story which it, they tried to make it gritty when it didn't need to be
1: <laughs> yeah I mean there's so many unnecessary uh, the, the intro itself the the, the intro yeah. on Krypton is pretty much unnecessary. Yeah. Like, I I was quite happy to accept that Kal-El was born. Yep, They didn't need to show it. (laughs) It's just like, we've we've had a kid. Jor-El even explains to Zod what happened. So if you weren't sure what happened before, Jor-El explains it. But the good news is Jor-El can actually say Krypton this time. (laughs) Yes, he can. They've improved that.
0: So, (laughs) what... (laughs) going through this really quickly Superman is played by Henry Cavill uh, Jonathan yes. Kent we've got Kevin Costner Martha's played by Diane Lane Lois is played by Amy Adams Perry is played by Lawrence Fishburne Zod is played by Michael Shannon and Jorel is played by none other than Russell fucking Crowe um, yeah you couldn't have asked for a better cast in
1: my opinion no like it's a no. it's a Casting, big cast it's it's near perfect yeah for like the characters they've chosen and the actors they chose to play them absolutely perfect. What, what was
0: your rating on this? I'm really curious to know. Oh uh, are we doing it out of ten? Maybe, yeah, do it out of ten.
1: Yeah. Yeah, let's do it out of ten. That that keeps it easy. I've I've got fingers for that. Um <laughs> five. Okay. Five out of ten.
0: Right. Okay. I'm gonna favourably go probably about a six. Maybe a six okay. <laughs> I think I enjoyed it more once I'd Like you say, there's a certain amount of suspension of disbelief, but you have to remember that you're watching a superhero movie, even if the director and writer doesn't necessarily want you to think you're watching a superhero movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think the biggest problem with this film is that it doesn't know what it is. Uh, As you said, so we'll talk really quickly. It was, it was, um, it starts out on Krypton. um, It's very heavily, the the intro is very dark. So it's like, we're going gritty. This is a dark film. uh, It's not going to be fun. Uh, it's not colourful in any way at the beginning. It's very grey and black, isn't it? Um, yeah. Even Krypton is not particularly colourful. They haven't gone crystal, but they've gone dark, dingy grey metal. Um, it's all been chiselled because they've like exhausted all the natural resources. So it feels very dark, doesn't it?
1: It feels like the kind of planet the humans wanted to make on, on in Avatar. Yeah, they were burning the wood. Yeah, it 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 kind of feels like that. So, where was it? The Navi, the Navi. I remember that. Navi, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like the humans have killed all the Navi off, and this is what we were left with. Yeah, it's even got flying creatures. It is like Snyder watched Avatar and went, "I can do that."
0: Yeah, but again, another thing we were saying, like that's the problem, isn't it? Is that everything in the movies
1: virtually borrowed from other science fiction fantasy
0: movies? Um, yeah, and there isn't a lot that feels too real. Uh, there's one bit that I really liked, where um, the things that they talk through each. So he talks to the, his wife Lara through the basically the pin art uh, things you used to get from the gadget yeah. shop in the nineties. So their whole technology is not crystal based, but it is rather based around the technology of sticking your head and hands through the pins in the
1: gadget shop. <laughs> Did you see that? I did. It was brilliant. And it's just like, like you said, the, obviously in the original Superman film, you had those sort of silvery neon suits, which mm. date the film. This sort of dates where, you know, Snyder probably grew up with the pin art toys as well. And it's, it, it yeah. looks ridiculous. In I think it, I society. think it
0: ages the film now. I think it's what, seven years since it came out. I thought when, when Lara's face appears on the console of the alien yeah. flying thing, I instantly like cringed up because I just thought it looked silly and then I was yeah. removed from the film so it annoyed me and this again goes back to what we were talking about with the Nolan uh, idea because Nolan's name as you said was, is plastered all over this it's straight in with produced by Christopher Nolan uh, I think it's Syncopy his uh, his Syncopy is, is his production company which is in yeah. big bold black and white at the beginning of this film it comes up just after the Warner Brothers logo um, so we're very much aware that this comes from or we thought this was going to come from the Dark Knight universe um, yeah which it doesn't but then again it's it's you can't do the gritty real if your whole technology is silly um yeah and they did that I mean, really this well this with batman scene.
1: yeah the, this like you say the the batman stuff everything was grounded it, it was, was real yeah it could have happened it, it felt like it could have been in this world yeah. and obviously superman doesn't start on this world no oh,
0: this so you've instantly film doesn't... lost you instantly lost that realism i think
1: but had he cut the whole Krypton bit out and started from the point of view of Clark saving the people on the oil rig, then you've got your grounded film. You've got your grounded intro. Mm -hmm. You don't need to explain that Superman was born on an alien planet because He's one of the most famous superheroes out there people going into the film are going yeah. to understand that's what happened so you could allude to it it's, yeah. it's like why I respect that the new spider-man films in some way don't kill off Uncle Ben yeah they don't need to because they don't need to because people understand that happened um but at the same time it, th- this comes along and we get let's say we get the avatar <laughs> fake outs we get the um where, yeah. where uh, Joel jumps off his spaceship and Falls through the uh, like Anakin does in the prequels. Yeah, he does. So we get that slow motion I, falling. Yeah, so you you get all of these things. So what we were promised was more Nolan, and what we got was sort of budget everything else.
0: Yeah, I, I really <laughs> liked the scene between Russell Crowe and Michael Shannon. I I I think yeah. if anything, my favorite thing about this film is General Zod. Yes, I think he's really good. Like, and I and I remember watching. I watched this film twice through, as I usually do, and I got that sense of when we were doing the Clark bits or the Amy Adams bits. I was like, okay, Amy Adams. And when it cuts to when when you see Zod later on in the film as he comes back, I was just heavily invested in that character again, and I wanted to see more of him because I just thought, oh yeah, he brings the he kind of brings the excitement back to the film. He kind of brings the danger factor at the beginning um we set him up as a villain as we all know he is if you've seen superman 2 and then they get rid of him for a good portion of the film i think he's out of the film for another 50 minutes before he pops back up again yeah um but yeah that scene was nice uh we get a much more badass version of jor-el because he has a proper fist fight with uh with michael shannon and i enjoyed the little fist fight uh, i liked it when jor-el burgles the codex from the genesis chamber and yeah. uh, it sets off an alarm, which is just like a human burglar alarm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like they've got all this creativity. They've, yeah. they've created this whole other world. But when it comes to creating an alarm <laughs> sound effect, they've just gone down to the local <laughs> electronics store and bought an alarm <laughs> and recorded it.
0: I like this. Uh, so he puts Clark in the little... Uh, Kal-El goes in the pod like he does in the original. So again, like you said, you don't yeah. really need all of that. Um, one thing he does differently is he puts the codex, which is supposed to have all of the genetic material of the the Kryptonian race, in this skull that kind yeah. of gets put into Clark. They don't really explain it properly. Um, no, I didn't. I couldn't help but laugh that when they put Zod and his cronies in the Phantom Zone, um, they're in this sort of like. Do you notice the penis-shaped
1: pods that take off? To the ship. Yes,
0: <laughs> they're very just, they're very phallic.
1: <laughs> they're, they're super phallic, and they must have known. <laughs> they must have known. They can't, I, I, I can't. believe that got through all the various checks it would have had to get through to get onto a screen in front of people. Without saying do do they look a bit like penises? <laughs> 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 it's So good, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I love that bit. Um, the the weird thing for me is obviously when jor sends Kal-el off to Earth. Uh, in the first film, that was when the credits rolled. You know, yeah. The, the the introductory credits to tell you who was going to be in the film. Yeah. Um, and it seemed to take a long time for you to travel from Krypton to Earth in the first film. Yeah. <laughs> in this film, he pretty much sends him off and he's there. Yeah. He instantly <laughs> arrives at about 30
0: years old. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, you kind of do that... Back, they do the thing that... I, I'm just going to keep calling it the Batman Begins structure. So, what they do is they they start out with krypton um and then they cut straight to um clark older uh with a yeah. beard on a on a fishing trawler and this is like what they did when it's like he's asked nolan how did you do batman because he hasn't seen it um and at the beginning of batman it's it's bruce falling down the well and then it cuts straight to bruce in the tibetan prison doesn't it
1: yeah and um, i i i think i would have preferred this film this might have even been up at a seven from my five had it just started on that boat.
0: Yeah. Yeah, or um, you just have you have the meteorite crashing on Earth and the baby coming out the pod and then cut straight to the trawler. You don't need anything I, else.
1: I, no, I almost would prefer it if they just didn't even reference the fact that he's an alien. Okay. until Yeah. Until he discovers he's an alien. Yeah, so that do makes it sense. with him, yeah, as a as a yeah.
0: like follow that character. Yeah, so as a character. He could be,
1: he could be on, a, on on the boat, and at that age, he he would know that he has superpowers, but he wouldn't necessarily know what they were or what they are, and, and he he only finds out, doesn't he, when he gets onto the ship. Yeah. Which, at the boat point, he hasn't done yet.
0: I really like the bit on the boat when he goes into the uh, oil rig to save yeah. the people. Um, there's one thing you can say about this movie, and obviously we will talk about Schneider as we go on, but... Zach Snyder as a director is um his films are breathtakingly beautiful to look at.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, visually I like... I've even written I really like how the start meaning the boat bit of this film looks it looks amazing
0: it's just shot so beautifully like even simple shots in his films they are you can tell they've gone through them with a fine tooth comb until he's happy with them like none of the shots look like they just fell into the films that makes sense like i felt this with uh he did 300 and he did Watchmen, didn't he yeah and i remember with Watchmen referencing because i'd read the comic book as a kid and i went back and read it again um, if you read the Watchmen comic book and then look at the way Schneider shot the film, it's basically that same thing. Like the shots are that perfect that even little things on the wall in the comic book are, are present in the film. He's gone to that that attention to detail is just unbelievable.
1: Yeah, um, he, he is he is incredible. Like it, he he's not that great at <clears throat> storytelling, but he's yeah. brilliant at showing you a, a an impressive visual. He's sort of like a refined version of Michael Bay. Yeah yeah I agree I...
0: with that yeah he does yeah he can do what Michael Bay does but with much more finesse and it's much more professional yeah. Um, so yeah Clark goes on the trawler uh, even when he's a younger man and he's not Superman he has this desire to help people even though he shouldn't because he might give away the game
1: yeah. um, and I just wrote in my notes abs of steel <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, he gets his shirt off pretty quickly I'm guessing if you're an actor and you've worked that hard to make your body look like that you yeah. probably want to show it off Yes, he does look I, incredibly I can't big I relate
0: <laughs> No, it's one of those things as well is if you look at Henry Cavill I think Henry Cavill is from like the Isle of Wight or something and he was a rugby player and a slender bloke quite tall um, but to look at the transformation between Henry Cavill before and after his Man of Steel workout um, mm. my god it's unbelievable he's like a yeah. door james He's like a door walking around he's so it's... wide <laughs> <laughs> well... i actually had to i actually to rewind it because i wasn't sure at the beginning of the film when he comes out of the pool and nicks the clothes uh, out of the lake is he yeah is that just a cgi body or is that really him and it was really him
1: <laughs> it was really him i when they were doing all the promotion for the Witcher stuff, yeah, uh, I remember reading an article that uh, talked about his audition for Bond. Mm. I don't know if you've read this, but he got told no. he was too fat to be Bond. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and he, apparently, that was one of his big inspirations to go on a big health kick. Was he? He, uh. he lost out to Bond to Daniel Craig. Oh, uh, So he That's decided, funny. yeah. So he would make a really cool Bond. um, He has,
0: but he has been in another spy film,
1: hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, Man from Uncle.
0: Um, Which Um, I like him in that. He's good in that. But again, you can't really go from doing the James Bond character in Man of Uncle to being James Bond. It seems too much.
1: Um,
0: Although I guess that Michael Bay has gone from being Batman. uh, Sorry, Michael Bay. Michael Keaton went from being Batman to to Birdman uh, and then became the
1: Vulture. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So...
0: Um, Yeah.
1: Anything can happen.
0: It can. And then we we have the bit where he sort of robs a car. I don't like that bit um, because I don't think that was very very Clark. Um, No. And then we have the school bus uh, bit, which again would have been a nice place to maybe start the film. Um, Yeah. And the school bus kind of flips out. Um, Poor driving, basically, leads to this. Uh, Yeah. He's not watching where he's going properly. Um, And then the... Does it go off a bridge or something into it the goes water? Goes off a
1: bridge, lands lands in a river. Uh, Clark walks it out of the river, yeah, uh, and then rescues uh, the school bully, yeah, uh, who who then immediately tells his mum, who goes to tell John Kent. <laughs> He's a right and, grass. <laughs> yeah, and, and then John gets really annoyed at Clark. Yeah, you know, I didn't like it, this bit. It, it, it's it's so weird. He gets so, it, it's not like a parental figure being crossed because he's done something wrong it's just someone who's and this is the major theme of the film isn't it it's about fear yeah. fear of something you don't know yeah. and John Kent is trying to tell Clark don't do this people will fear you but the reason he's telling it, telling him this is because he fears him yeah. It's not. it doesn't seem like it's coming from a good place it's just coming from a place of fear I, th- I, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I didn't get it. it like when you watch you know the 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 Christopher Reeves John Kent uh, is much more sort of jovial about the whole thing. Like, there's all these sort of nodding winks to Clark saying, I know you've got these powers, you know you've got these powers, but we both know why you can't show them. Yeah. And I I guess it's different because in the Christopher Reeves one, Clark was older when we saw him having these conversations. Mm. Uh, Whereas uh, in this one, you get a really young kid wondering why he's different. Yeah, his dad just rips the cover off the spaceship and says, "You arrived in that." Yeah, <laughs> it's like you're not from this Earth, and uh, neither is any of this metal. Uh, we don't know what this USB stick does. We don't even know what USB is yet.
0: Um, <laughs> I love that he has that, that USB stick. And he says, "I took it to a metaller, and he couldn't tell me what it was he said it didn't appear on the periodic table." I'm like, "All right, so that like just gave it you back, did he?" And said, "That's fine."
1: But later on we see, like, the state of Smallville in this universe. Yeah. It's a really small town. Yeah, it's I mean, a bit of shit. <laughs> how high up was this metallurgist that he took this thing to? Because it was probably just the guy that ran the local pawn shop. And going, oh, it's, it's, it's not gold. It's not gold. It's, uh it's uh, I can't sell it. Yeah, you'll have to keep it. It's like that I don't man think he's from around here. He's
0: buying chocolate coins thinking that they're real gold. <laughs>
1: so yeah uh, I, don't, I don't fully trust that John no. went to the massive effort that he could have yeah. done to find out what this was yeah. Um, we then get the uh the rip off of the diner scene because this film can't tell its own story it has yeah. to rip off this, uh, so you're on about the
0: bit where Clark could have thrown the bloke out of the pub but the bloke pours beer on him and then yeah. I love the bit that the guy pushes him doesn't he and he doesn't move yeah. that was quite good
1: <laughs> yeah um, so it, it's it's basically the same scene over again, except rather than taking out the annoying guy who's been a douchebag, Clark takes it out on an innocent truck that <laughs> the guy happens to own. That truck did nothing to him. How did he Clark know it puts... was that
0: guy's truck? What if it was another? What if that truck was someone else's?
1: Exactly. The, this Superman's a bit sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's not he's not. Really thinking things through in the same way that you know Christopher Reeves Superman would i who, felt I felt like, take the high road,
0: yeah, and I felt like that bit with the truck was the bit where it's just it's for the sake of the cinema going, yeah, <laughs> and it's like, but do we need that? couldn't he have just thrown the guy out, or he could have just picked the man up with one arm, like whether or not this guy knows that he is the man of steel. The man he's picking on is about six foot five and massive. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like... like you pouring a beer on Ben.
1: <laughs> I mean, realistically, Ben could pick me up and yeah, throw me 100%. down. And, and, Whether or not and, Ben is a superhero, could he still yeah. beat you up? Probably
0: yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: So yeah, I don't I don't fully get this. It's like he almost takes the high road yeah. and then he goes and does something really petty to a truck that may <laughs> yeah, or may not be the guy. <laughs> that's what I thought. Um it's it's really strange. And then we
0: uh Yeah, so then Clark's trying to hitchhike. I just thought to myself, it'd be better if he'd just stolen the lorry, at least he could have used the lorry to get to where he needed to go. Because <laughs> he's then trying to flag a lorry down, isn't he?
1: Yeah. There's a a bit of film that I'm sure we should see, but we don't see, that explains how Clark then ends up working for the company that's airlifting Lois Lane.
0: Yeah, it felt like Uh, a really weird, stupid, bizarre, poorly written jump. But I I did watch it the second time, so I watched it twice, and I didn't get this at first, but in the other... The second time I watched it, there is a bit where the soldiers, the Canadian soldiers in the bar... Are talking about something that they've found in the ice, yeah, and Clark overhears them at the bar, and then he's hitchhiking, so I'm guessing that that was the link but, we were, but if you didn't see that or hear that you you would you wouldn't have got it um no. and, and I also wanted to note there that that is completely ripping off a film that came out three years, maybe two years, two years before, um called Thor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was just saying as i was watching this i had to google when thor was released and whether it was before this yeah because it's so so similar isn't it to it's when exactly thor the same plot
0: of thor where they yeah. something's crashed in the desert and these two men go into the bar and he goes ah oh, they said it was radioactive i had my hands all over it and then and then <laughs> thor overhears this and then goes to find his hammer this is exactly what happens in this film Except it's the alien—is it some sort of alien ship, a Kryptonian ship that's crashed? Yeah, twenty thousand years before in the in the past, uh, and obviously they probably never made it out. I don't know. I don't. I didn't get this really. I, this is the Fortress of Solitude, isn't it? For people that don't know.
1: Yeah, this is the Fortress of Solitude. But because Krypton wasn't a crystal planet like mm. it was in the first film, they can't make it crystals. No. So they make it a ship. Yeah, they uh, make which... it a ship that's that's hidden in the ice. Uh, and then it 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 works. I mean, we meet Lois at this point, yeah. which is, is is good. I mean, she's she's not as <laughs> she's not as good as the Lois, no. but she's Lois. Um, I I just wrote that. Uh, I noticed she brought the camera with her, yeah. so it seems like uh, the Daily Planet has hit hard times and had to fire Jimmy Olsen.
0: I was going to ask you this: Jimmy Olsen's not in this film, is he?
1: No. I, uh, Why isn't Jimmy in this? He's he's essential. <laughs> Why is Jimmy not with Lois?
0: That would have been yeah. a better
1: story. Exactly. Uh, Lois has just bring gone... Jimmy back. <laughs> she Lois. Not only has she gone on her own, she's gone a day early because all the military <laughs> people are just annoyed at her for turning up a day early. Oh. And um, she she then she's out late at night because she's been told not to. So obviously she is. Yeah. And she sees Clark climbing up the ice mountain-y thing. So she decides that following the person who is effectively her bag handler Mm. up an ice mountain in the middle of the night is the right thing to do. Yeah, you'd have just told
0: somebody, wouldn't you? Um, Yeah. This is... um, It it moves at a good pace, the film, but there's lots of nods towards what has come before. So there's some nods to previous Superman films. Clark goes into the uh, Kryptonian Fortress of Solitude not... (laughs) ship and meets daddy um but daddy is not uh marlon brando or in a crystal uh he uses the little key that uh, the usb stick from the pod uh has got a superman logo on it and he puts that into the ship and that turns the ship on and then his dad appears that's right isn't it um, and then he can hey, That's, that's the...
1: almost a hundred percent right, Jake. The only thing you got wrong was that isn't a Superman logo, as his daddy tells him. Oh, it stands for hope.
0: <laughs> Why is it not, that's a not giant an S F? that Why... stands for hope? Why is it not an H, James? Why is it not a fucking H if it stands for hope? Right. Um, so th- this is the bit where um, exposition, and this is the thing that you said, like. Um, yeah, I'm going a bit mad here. What's his name? Jor-El. Um, um Russell Crowe's character Jor-El is is basically a plot conduit. That's all he does. He just yeah. helps the plot along. Um I don't I don't know whether necessarily I agree with that as a plot point, but I guess it's that whole thing where if me and you sat down to write a Superman picture, there has to be a point where Clark becomes Superman and in all I'm sure in all renditions of that in comics and films, that's been his father, hasn't it? Um, yeah and it's a yeah. nice thing it's a cool conversation it's not a ghost per se is it it's more of a spiritual consciousness embedded in the embedded in the ship so it's like his his mind can live on through the ship or
1: something it's like that it's a ghost that. Jake it's a ghost oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's a it's a, an artificial intelligence uh, bit that I lives re- in the <laughs> ship and and, b- and apparently live, is activated or lives on the USB stick yeah uh, that's i right and he shows him all sorts. We get lots of uh, spoilers. We get to see the Genesis Chamber, which is the uh, yeah. scene from The Matrix. Yes, um. exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's also so, the plot of Gattaca, where the um, artificial population control um, and uh, also the film Children of Men.
1: Yeah. So we, <laughs> what film are we watching again? That's
0: what I said. Um, so, yeah, so this, he opens the, uh, he gets the crystal and then um, he learns about his past. He learns about Krypton and that Krypton was doomed. His dad tried to save it, but it didn't work. Like you said earlier, you didn't need the Kryptonian um, beginning with Zod. Nope. The, you didn't need the the planet being destroyed. Uh, you didn't really need any of that because you got all of this here.
1: Yeah, he, he managed to make it all happen with that magical pin art.
0: Yeah, and we got General Zod in that bit. Um, yeah. If anything... If you're going to do the really cool sequence with Jor-El and, and Michael Shannon, like Zod, do that in the flashback, but do that there. That could have yeah. been a
1: flashback in the Fortress of Solitude, which would have worked really well. Um, yeah, I, I would have been absolutely fine with that. Uh, yeah. I still don't quite understand why, uh, when the suit is revealed, uh, why the Krypton uh, Kryptonians decided to have a red cape, blue suit, <laughs> just there, well I did. there's
0: one thing I did like about that is that and again I'm going to argue with this the cape thing because you probably know more about Superman lore than I do but there's a bit where um at the beginning of the movie Jor-El goes to put the armor on and he has the Superman suit on underneath yeah uh, and then the armor comes over the top of it and you're like oh there's the Superman logo on his suit and it's his it's his home isn't it it's Jor-El's family logo um yeah. which it was in the original as well I think Jor-El had it on his chest in the original Superman yeah. Uh, so I'm cool with that side of it, but yeah, why did the Kryptonian um, whatever it is, vessel that's going to explore the universe? Why has that got a, Why has that got a Jor El family suit in its in its in its wardrobe? Yeah, <laughs> or
1: I, did Jor El it, make that? Th- yeah, it's it's the House of hell isn't it? So yeah. it, it's it's from thousands. That ships from thousands of years ago. Did he just anticipate that there'd be a need for a Superman? I don't know. Uh, I I. I, mm, I I reference it a lot, but it's just because some of the things they do kind of fix some of this. Uh, The TV series Supergirl explains the cape brilliantly um, because it's made by her sidekick in the film. In the show, rather. It's made by her sidekick uh, because they're trialling out different suits when she (laughs) realises she wants to be a superhero. So they're trialling out different suits and they uh, suddenly realise why Superman has a cape because Superman's already established in Mm -hmm. this universe Uh, Supergirl arrives, hides herself for ages decides she wants to follow in her cousin's footsteps and uh, they realise quickly why he has a cape and apparently it's to do with cornering in the air it makes turning easier because she just flies straight into a building (laughs) without it brilliant, (laughs)
0: that that does it then
1: yeah, it's like, oh, he, that's why he has a cape. And it's got nothing to do with the House <laughs> of L or anything else like that. And it's certainly nothing to do with hope. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, the He leaves um, the Fortress of Solitude wearing this new suit. Yes. I can't remember. Does the suit also shave him? Because... I think he has a beard when he goes in Because I remember commenting in my notes That he looked a bit like a lumberjack He has he a, bit the, the, a bit of a beard yeah. A bit of a beard Yeah,
0: because he has and a then, full beard at the beginning But then by the time he gets to the fortress He's only got like a bit of beard He's obviously a gone, bit of beard. He's so shaven he's, on the road
1: He's gradually getting less and less beard And then <laughs> yeah. when he's, when he wears the suit He's completely clean shaven Yeah, he is, it's great, isn't it? Uh, so I don't know whether that is like a deliberate thing or is that just continuity? It's like, oh, Henry had a shave this morning. We'll just carry on. I would, I, I,
0: I've watched a lot. I've, I've obviously listened to a lot about this film and done my reading, uh, which is rare for me because I often just show up to this and talk, but I have done some reading. And a lot of people on the internet, uh, including people like the CinemaSins uh, guys, uh, a lot of those people have gone on on there and said, no matter what you think of this movie or this franchise or this character... The bit where he comes out the Fortress of Solitude and takes off is
1: absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- th- this is one of my favorite scenes, and, and then probably the best scene in the film. It it is, and it still it, it, as cool as it is. There's a bit of it after he figures out how to fly. Yeah, where he goes and flies through the Grand Canyon like he does in Superman three. Yeah, he does, and you can see his sha- <laughs> yeah, and you see his shadow guy- on the floor.
0: I love that bit.
1: Yeah, I'm watching that, going, oh, this is that bit in Superman three. So even though that that bit is so cool, he then immediately makes a callback to another film, and I'm thinking, oh, I was I was in the moment then, I was rooting for him because <laughs> he he he'd, he'd done a jump, he'd broken a mountain, and then he learnt to fly. Yeah, and then he flies, and fa- then he breaks he... the
0: sound barrier, which is really cool as well. When yeah, and he, he flies so fast that the sound barrier explodes, and you see him fly off. I love that. I love the score. Gonna take a minute to talk about Hans Zimmer because my. God, the music in this film is good, and the, oh, yes. the Hans Zimmer score is actually really reminiscent of things like Interstellar that come later in in, the, in his career. But there's so many melodies. Um, the melody when he's flying, when the when the Kryptonian uh, ship is flying through space towards Earth, is brilliant. The, yeah, there's a there's a beat, Um again. If you're listening to the podcast, just go on iTunes or, or Spotify. Listen to that soundtrack. There's a bit where Jor El's launching the um, shuttle on Krypton with baby baby Carl in it. Baby Carl, sorry.
1: Baby Carl, (laughs) baby Carl (laughs) L. Uh, What film have you been watching? (laughs) That Carl
0: thing. Um, That bit where he's launching the pod and they're fighting and and Zod's trying to stop it. There's a beautiful booming beat of music, which is really loud and really horrible. And the bit with the cannon at the end, you know, with the um, uh, the thing that's terraforming the Earth. Oh yeah, world world engine.
1: engine. Yeah.
0: That is so scary and so good. I love that. Yeah.
1: That boom, 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 boom. Yeah. It, so
0: all of that, so I think good. if anything, this film gets a 10 for me for its use of sound. I think the sounds fantastic. I love all of it. I thought
1: it was oh, brilliant. Yeah. I would I would definitely <laughs> recommend someone buy the soundtrack. Mm, I mean the, the soundtrack what, what and the fo- do... the Foley is just brilliant in this film. It's so so weird and so alien and so cool. If, if if someone wanted to, because uh, it would save me a job. If you buy the soundtrack and play it underneath our podcast as you're listening to it, yeah. so rewind the whole podcast because it's really worth <laughs> listening to again. Uh, and then play the soundtrack. We yeah. probably should start with this. Yeah, uh, but yeah, true. play the soundtrack if, underneath. If we, we haven't started <laughs> because...
0: with this, so play it now and listen to it. Pause us. Listen to the soundtrack and then come back to us.
1: Oh, don't just play the two alongside one another. I think we'd sound right. great under a Hans Zimmer soundtrack. Maybe, but you know, yeah. for copyright reasons, we can't do it.
0: Yeah, you're right, actually. Let's just make them do that. Go and listen to the soundtrack at the same time you listen to us and you'll appreciate it. Um, uh, John Kent dies. Spoilers. He does, yeah. Um, I don't know what that... Like, it's a strange sequence. Um, I was just going to say, it doesn't even look like a tornado. I mean, it's the it's a movie tornado, so it's CGI. Mm. But well, yeah, I would hope they didn't just shit. kill
1: Kevin Costner. <laughs> also,
0: there I don't it's yeah, I c I can't really say much about this. It's a beautifully again, beautifully scored moment. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Um I love Kevin Costner, I'm very invested in that actor. Thought the character was really good. There's a bit where he gets trapped between two cars and then obviously he's about to get out of the car but his leg is broken, and then Clark goes to save him. Yeah, she could do instantly, yeah. and he puts his hand up and says, "Don't, don't do it." Yeah, and then dies, which is really emotional. It, it, they capture I, it really well in the film, but I just think—sorry, think, go on.
1: I was just going to say, I I think this almost encapsulates why this film scores so poorly for me because it gives you the feels until you mm. think about it, and when you think about it, you go, oh, "That makes no sense." He didn't need to go back and get the dog. Clark could have done that. Yeah,
0: and no one was watching Clark because even if Clark ran like a normal person, Jonathan only ran to the car and was going to run back, but he got stuck. Well, if Clark ran yeah. to the car, he wouldn't have got stuck because yeah, he's Clark, isn't he? So I just yeah. think, and even if Clark had got sucked up into the tornado, he could have just flown out and come back later.
1: Yeah, so and... it
0: just seemed a bit of a pointless juxtaposition, sort of death. It just didn't, doesn't. I don't need that. It doesn't need it's... to happen.
1: He died. John Kent in this film messed up Clark's early childhood because he was afraid. He then dies in front of Clark because he's afraid of Clark. So this this, uh, John Kent's arc in this is all about fear and, and worried about what the world will think of Clark. If they find out what he is, so he dies based on his fear again. So it's just like it's such a like. I thought John Kent dying of a heart attack was bad enough, but this is just John Kent dying from stupid.
0: Yeah, and it's like they it, couldn't it, find a way of reconciling those two. Like how how to get him dead without having a full origin story for Superman because that doesn't really. I don't think that that moment and it comes very late in the movie. Does yeah. that and he's, this is—he's already become Superman in the present. So, does that moment really influence him to become Superman? I don't think so. Because if anything, Jonathan tells him not to do the power thing. Don't yeah. use them. Don't let don't anybody helpful. see you use those powers because they will never get over it. When he's right, it doesn't work very well for him in the later films. But then, on the other hand, you've got the other dad. Uh Jorel saying you need to be the example that everyone can see and you'll be like yeah. a god you'll be like a god to them. And he chooses the alien dad. Yeah. So it just seems and, pointless.
1: <laughs> I mean to be honest with you, neither of the Kents do very well in this film or come across very well. Like, do you know uh, what I mean after- though? Like
0: they, they put yeah. two
1: things together and
0: gone, we're gonna have daddy says don't, but alien daddy says yes, you can do that. And then they kill off dad. After Alien yeah. Dad has already turned him into Superman, and then we're supposed to go, oh, that's why he became Superman. Well, no, it
1: doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> the two, two things don't, don't go that. together. No. And like, like I say, Martha doesn't do, it doesn't fare any better because after this scene, uh, Clark arrives home, doesn't he? He mm. goes home to see his mum and says, Mum, I found my people. Yeah. And then Martha instantly sulks about how bad his childhood was. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. Neither neither of his sort of Earthbound parents are are very encouraging. No, but I also
0: <laughs> feel like he needed to have he needed to have more of that because yeah, we know that Clark loves his mum. Yeah, and his human mum and dad are the reason he is a human, not an alien, right? Am I? Am I? I think I'm reading into it correctly. If you go through Superman lore. The yeah. reason he is the symbol of hope, but also a grounded person, is because of his mum and dad's influence, his adopted mum and dad. And so and this
1: film tries to play that card at yeah. the end, you know, yeah. where he he breaks the drone and and he tells the you know, the I grew up in Kansas. I'm American as it gets. Yeah, so
0: but he, he wasn't interested in being human because he
1: was pursuing yeah. the alien thing at the beginning of the film, wasn't he? Yeah. So uh, <sighs> it's, it's uh, it it is so many different films, and and then after this scene we're Suddenly, watching Independence Day. Yeah. Also, the IHOP is mentioned a lot in this fucking film. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why? Why is it? Why? Why does this happen?
1: Yeah, they, they, um, in in Superman four, they got all the KFC money. This film, they got all the IHOP money. Maybe IHOP and Sears. You can, it's
0: like it's like American mums and dads. Just oh, if you like, if you like going to, I don't even know what it'd be like. It would be like making Superman in the UK and being sponsored by B&Q and Weatherspoons. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just really weird. (laughs) Don't don't encourage them,
1: Jake. They'll do that. (laughs)
0: They will. Um, Yeah, and then we get Independence Day-esque where Zod arrives in the Earth's atmosphere um, and puts a call out to Clark, which is really scary.
1: Yeah. Instantly, the Kryptonians have worked out television and all the languages.
0: Yeah. I did like that bit though. I thought it was a bit it was fresher than what I've seen in most other like you say other than sort of the Independence Day thing. Um the fact that he broadcasts the warning through all of the earth televisions was quite cool. It worked quite well. Um but then like you say it it kind of falls flat because the aliens come down to earth to meet the humans and they they want Superman to go up with them and uh, yeah. his his little henchman the woman she says I want her as well. And Lois has to go, and it's completely unnecessary uh, that she goes. But then there's like, that's it. This is humanity knowing that there's aliens, and it's yeah. completely washed over. Because I think it's, I don't even know if it's the same day or the day after, there's a warning beep, and then Lois Lane goes where's the toner? Does anyone know where the toner is? And you're like, yes. he's looking for toner? There's aliens! <laughs> that, that toner
1: thing, though, was amazing. I, I, I actually liked that. That was the, the, the light joke that I enjoyed in the film so much. Also,
0: James, she works at the fucking planet, so how does she not know where the toner is? In our <laughs> workplace, I know where the paper's kept.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, the really silly thing is, I again, we're set up with a Lois here that I, I don't like too much anyway. Fine. But <coughs> we, we have a Lois Lane who's already a Pulitzer prize-winning, yeah, journalist. Yeah, yeah. She's already popular, so she's already won that. Uh, <coughs> she wanted to write a story about aliens, but they wouldn't let her. Yeah. So she gave it to some blogger. Yeah. Who who then outed her to the aliens by saying, "Oh yeah, Lois Lane knows who Superman is." Yeah, I like that
0: bit there. It was funny.
1: They they then send the FBI over, and Lois Lane's able to outfox the FBI for a little bit. So, yeah. so this this Lois Lane is a she's just a weird hot potch of she's actually really cool, but she's not. She's a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, and she can spell, which she never used to be able to spell. No, what she's... happens to Lois not being able to spell? She you know, no one she... calls her out on a spelling mistake
0: here. <laughs> she is a stronger character which I appreciated when it comes from sort of a feminist point of view I didn't like, I don't like it when they make women in films seem pathetic for the sake of men going oh isn't she cute do you know what I mean? I hate that and I know you do as well. There is one of those bits in this film however where there is a female army officer in this movie and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh gosh yeah and it's completely unnecessary where Superman flies off after blowing the drone up and she says, she goes what he goes, what are you looking at, Lieutenant? And she goes, I think it's kinda hot. And you're like, Yeah, we don't need that. <laughs>
1: no. Get
0: rid of that shit dialogue. This is another thing that's wrong with this film, is the dialogue is awful.
1: Um, it is Michael Bay level dialogue. Like, it he's is better than Michael Bay at doing the visual things. I was going but, to save uh, th- this till the end, but I'm going to just. Can
0: I just put it out there with you now while we're going yeah. through it? Um, I'm going to talk about it now while we're talking about dialogue. Um, only counts when you kiss a human, though.
1: Oh, God, yeah.
0: <laughs> what was I supposed to do? Just let them die? Maybe. <laughs> a good death? Is its own reward, and that's no, used twice.
1: Yeah, it's, that, it's, again. It's one of those things. This film <laughs> makes you have feels, and then you go hang about. Yeah, I that, agree. That makes no sense, and it's sort of like nineties action film dialogue all the way through. Yeah, it's worse uh, than that. It's um, it, it, it's terrible. I um, I've got a few it, more for you. Oh, good, good. Keep going. Where did
0: you learn to train? On a farm. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the title <laughs> and if you love these people so much you can mourn for them
1: <laughs> and it is delivered like that it's just like there's no energy yeah, behind nothing, it nothing
0: nothing. you are a monster Zod and I am going to stop you and I mean, my favourite one does anybody know where the printer toner is kept <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the most believable line in the whole film Jake Oh, oh dear. So, so you, uh, the, yeah, go on. <laughs> the, aliens, the aliens come down for Lois and Clark. Uh, there's a Star Wars ramp entrance where they walk off the ship Star Wars style, like yep. the Emperor does. Yep. Um, the, the ship that they're flying around in looks like a really tooled up version of the ship from Flight of the Navigator. I don't know if you've seen the film, but. I
0: know the ship, yeah.
1: Yeah, it looks like a really tooled up version of that, so it's got guns on it and everything, but it still flies like the flight of the Navigator.
0: It looks like something that Lego would make, and I'm sure Lego probably have made it when the
1: film came out, but it just looks like a Lego spaceship. (laughs) It really does. Uh, (laughs) Kryptonite in this um, is sort of alluded to, but never really mentioned. It's just talked about as an atmosphere um, on the Kryptonite atmosphere, he's uh, just like uh, any other human, uh, except he has weird dreams that Zod's in able to talk yeah. to him through his dream. I yeah. didn't get that.
0: I didn't get that, and I, I agree with you. Like, if they're the, It's like the directors and writers try to get around Kryptonite, and I'm like, yeah. just tell me that the fucking spaceship's made of Kryptonite. I'm done. I'm good with it. Yeah, Imagine, you know what I mean. Imagine if he said something like, the Phantom Drive, which is alluded to in this film... The phantom drive is powered by kryptonite. It's some sort of radioactive material from krypton. And you're like, oh, okay. So yes, they've explained what it is and it's dangerous on their world and to him. So that's why he can't go near it. But humans are fine. And you're like, okay, fine. But they don't do that. They just, like you said, they just kind of go... Uh, he's uh, adapted to the Earth's uh, ecology, but he never adapted to our ecology. Oh, shut up. Just tell me yeah. what the ship is. Is it the oxygen? Is Do you not breathe oxygen? Because clearly you do, because clearly Clark does. And then later on, they all do. <laughs> so clearly yeah. it's not oxygen. So it just, it's, an- it's, it just annoyed me.
1: Yeah. it's it, it, Like you say, it's a long-winded workaround. And it they sort of go back on themselves <laughs> in batman v superman where it's was gonna it's ask Fortnite you again yeah
0: it is isn't it they do they, they find it uh it comes out of the world engine um yeah which i think is exactly what i just said which basically the thing that's in the world engine that powers it they take it yeah. out and then they break it open and it's green rock um J- then jor-el um zod shows clark the, the plan so it's the evil henchman plan that happens in every single film like this yeah uh, Jor-El has a plan to save the day I really like the bits with Lois and him on the ship thought they were quite funny probably the only bit of the film that I thought was genuinely fun for like young people because yeah. this film isn't fun it's very dark
1: it's very dark uh, Superman's dark he's not a source of hope despite mm. what his S might stand for um, <laughs> uh, the, the the bit I didn't get because the obviously they have this whole exposition yeah. nightmare scene Um they have the rather than Star Wars, I am your father. It's Superman. I killed your father. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when yeah. did Lois get the magic USB stick? We don't see that. We never saw it. But no, it ends
0: up in her pocket, and then she puts it into the console. It's just lucky that that prison that she's in has a console in it that she can put the USB stick into. I Just oh god. Yeah. Fine. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm fine with very it.
1: Very lucky. Uh, the next bit I didn't understand because uh, they they go looking for Clark's ship don't they They look for the uh, the while he's on
0: the while he's on the big ship yeah
1: yeah and uh those ships that they they leave the big ship in little ships (laughs) they have the ability to travel through space and time so how long does it take to get to kansas takes them a long ass (laughs) time doesn't it how how long does it take them to get to smallville in this in these little ships It takes right as well because
0: by the time they get to kansas and they start looking for the, the the codex thing um He's already got off the ship and he's back on Earth. <laughs> yeah, he's
1: he's saved Lois from burning up in the yep. atmosphere somehow. Don't quite get that. Yep. Um, he's he's landed on, on Earth with Lois. He's left her on her own with a random police officer who may or may not be there to help. Yeah, and and then he uh, he goes off and attacks Zod. And there's a little bit before that where Martha's dog barks at Zod's ship, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Like, Good boy. You've let me know that aliens have arrived. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and then, basically, we have a <laughs> series of scenes where Superman and the other Kryptonians destroy Smallville. Yeah, completely. I was going to say, they basically level that
0: entire town. Um, I This is a bit, again, where there's a big inconsistency with the movie in that uh, Zod tells him that... Um, you manage to adapt to Earth ecology. We see him as a kid at the beginning of the film, struggling with um, super hearing and super senses, and all of his senses are going mad because he's Kryptonian and the Earth is is hurting him, isn't it? And it takes him years. Yeah. Apparently, it's alluded to that it takes years of soaking up the sun's radiation to um, acclimatize to Earth, and and then and then therefore get these these magnificent powers that he gets. Um, but Zod and his team get
1: them within five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Instantly <laughs> strong. Uh, they they're cool with that. They they know what they're doing. Because um, he even
0: says it at the end to Jorelli. Says, um, "What we can't can't we just live among the humans?" And he goes, "Oh, what?" So we can spend years trying to adapt to their ecology. And you're like, "You just did it in like two minutes." <laughs> yeah,
1: you you made that happen. That was cool. <sighs> um, we basically the rest of this film is just explosions and lens flares and yeah. a bit. Well, um, once the Smallville scenes over with uh, the the cop that Superman left Lois with earlier drops her off and yep. in front of the cop Lois yells Clark about three times, <laughs> which is running <laughs> towards Superman. <laughs> He's
0: also at his house in his costume. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, I never thought about uh, that. I don't really. Yeah. Get, I didn't really get whether or not he was supposed to be in disguise in this film but I, I, then at the end they just... pretend like he is but he isn't is he because no if someone sees him on the news they can go ah oh, that's clark that is and you go what yeah. and you go oh i went to school with him in smallville what <laughs> like the guy that runs the ihop sees him doesn't he and i'm going to mention yeah. the fucking ihop again but when he's in the ihop fighting the woman uh, he looks at the manager of the ihop who is the kid from school the bully yeah, and, and then he gets pwned through a table, but he recognizes that that's Clark in a costume, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, he knows it's <sighs> Clark. Lois knows it it's Clark. Doesn't make any sense, right? But the, and... the random beat cop <laughs> knows that it's Clark. <laughs> this scene
0: goes on far too long. It's yeah. really hard to watch. I had a headache by the end of this. I was, it made me dizzy.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's this scene makes me agree <clears throat> with Batman's point of view in Batman v Superman, yeah. like. Yeah, we should stop Superman. He's levelled Smallville. He's yeah. pretty much done the same thing to the rest of Metropolis. Yeah. I There's one bit where they drop this whole terraforming world engine thing. No,
0: James. No, let me just go back. That was another okay. quote
1: that I didn't tell you earlier. One of oh, okay. my,
0: my favourite quotes of this entire film. Release the world engine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that, I don't know whether it's deliberate, but th- that... Seems to be a callback to. Have you ever seen the film Flash Gordon?
0: Uh, I'd seen Flash Gordon. But I don't know what you're talking about. In, in that, the,
1: there's what? a the, there's a bit in uh, in Flash Gordon where he he's flying on this space scooter thing hmm. towards uh, Ming the Merciless's city, and yeah. he's got all these winged people next to him, and they send up a ship to t- try and take them out, and the 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 lead bad woman of the film yells send out war rocket Ajax (laughs) that's all I could think of (laughs) <laughs> when they said release the world engine it's like send out war rockets, Ajax I was like, this is just another film and oh it's, that's it's, brilliant oh dear so yeah we, we have we have the world engine there's a, a brief bit where they work out what they need to do and Superman goes to try and destroy the world engine and it's kind of like a, a replay of him lifting up the kryptonite island yeah and there's um,
0: this dubbed coughing in this sequence when he's flying around the uh, world <laughs> engine and it's got these like arms that come out of it like Doctor Octopus um, yeah. And he, you, if you listen to it, cause I went on surround sound at home. You can just hear behind you, <coughs> <coughs> really poor coughing that's been dubbed in as as Clark flies through the smoke, and it's clearly not Clark's voice. It's not Henry Aww. Cavill. It's that's really brilliant. weird.
1: Um, there's there's one cool bit of that entire scene where he's almost given up, but he's standing underneath the the world engine, and he mm. looks up. And he looks a bit like Christopher Reeve at that point. I right. said,
0: i it's so weird that you just said that because I've literally written that just here." Um, there's a moment where, yeah, where he looks up at the beam of light, and it looks like yeah. Christopher Reeve as
1: he flies up and destroys it. I That's think so it's, funny that you said that. It, it's. It, I think it's because the rest of the film is so dark, and obviously the world engine is just this big beam of light. It's the only bright thing in the film. <laughs> so it's the only thing that gives this super costume the right kind of blue if you go so- on um i think it's like
0: screen junkies or like um one of those websites online just go on google and search it the blue beam in the sky motif is used in something like 12 to 15 films of the noughties oh, it's, it's um, everywhere isn't it? it's in avengers which was before this it's in iron man which was before this uh, I think it's in Thor it's in um, it's in something else It it's in Fantastic Four stick the one that we didn't like you know the one with um, uh, Michael uh, B. Jordan oh yeah it's in that it's the the blue beam going up into the sky that's just in every bloody film it's everywhere isn't and it's it? in it's... this film at the end uh, and they, yeah, they destroy the world engine which I loved I can't stop saying world engine
1: it's such a good there's then World a really,
0: there's a really good bit where Lois is trying to put the USB stick into the Kryptonian ship, um, and she shouts, "It's supposed to go in all the way." And I just went, "Huh?" Like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's He's literally all I'm going to say.
1: I was a child, and I did laugh. Um, it, but this is something that the the generation of people growing up with like usb c yeah. cables won 't understand because USB only goes in one way, and this magic USB stick from Krypton has the same issue that every other USB <laughs> stick in the world has is that if you don 't put it in the right way it won 't go all the way in uh, oh God. Um,
0: yeah and then there's there's probably the bit that I would say other than the flying bit is my favourite bit in the film in fact I'm going yeah. to say it's probably my favourite bit in the whole film is the bit where Zod's about to destroy the, um, the, the army plane which is about to fly into his ship um, and Lois is on the back of it uh, they put the crystal into the thing it activates the is it a phantom dro- drive yeah the which phantom drive yeah phantom zone isn't it it's the phantom zone from Superman 2 yeah. Yeah, and then he he's about to blow it up, and Superman flies through his ship, and then he looks at him and he says, "If you destroy this, you destroy everything." Um, and then he has a moment of hesitation where he's like, "I don't know if I want to do it," and then he's like, "Oh no, your world had its chance," and he just blows it up.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I thought that bit it's, was really good. That yeah, that bit is good. That is I, it doesn't feel superman Supermanish no. to do.
0: But but it's my favourite bit where he just blows that ship up. And lets him yeah. In, and Zod just falls off his chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's a bit of an anticlimax for Zod, isn't it? Because that's like, all the they... um,
0: all the baby pods
1: are in there, aren't they? And they all just burst. Yeah, that's the uh, the Matrix sequel that we yeah. all deserved but didn't get. Um...
0: Um, yeah, and then he saves Lois again, uh, even though she's falling. Uh, regardless of the fact that everything else in the vicinity of Lois is flying towards the black hole <laughs> yeah uh, um, yeah and then it and then it changes tone again like you said earlier from being about them two fighting it just becomes them two hitting each other it, it's it's it just gets silly again
1: yeah it's it's just more explosions more, like there, there's certain bits where it's kind of like the end of Lord of the Rings where yeah. you think oh it's ended oh no there's another ending oh it's yeah. ended oh there's another ending so we have a fight, they do some stuff they break more of Metropolis um, they they end up, is it a train station foyer thing? And Yes, they end up in like a plaza of a train station where Zod then the, yeah. yeah, it's the most controversial part of the film <sighs> I think, uh, where Zod figures out, you know, he can use his eyes to kill folk uh, and uh, he's slowly moving his laser towards a family Like yeah, the, it's like that scene from G- James Bond no Mr Bond I expect you to die but instead yeah. of breaking out of the lock uh, the headlock that is in, in uh, Clark decides to snap Sod's neck
0: just so you're aware I have some work being done downstairs uh, my friend is putting a tap in which is why there's a, probably a lot of noise from my microphone so I apologise if it registers that yeah. No it, no, it is, it is bizarre, isn't it? Um, yeah. And I, I wanted to ask you about this because this divides a lot of the fans. I didn't necessarily hate this. I just thought it was silly that the people couldn't have just moved out of the way or he couldn't have just thrown Zod across the room. Um, yeah. But yeah, he kind of finds out. I guess in that bit in the train station, it's where Clark realizes that the only way of stopping this man is he's going to have to kill him because he isn't going to stop otherwise. Um, yeah. So I'm fine with that. And then he obviously gets really angry about it and screams because that is essentially him killing the last of his kind, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which means he is alone. There is no more of them. Um, and even if he wanted to, he his kind are gone. That's it. And 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 yeah, I think if I was going to make a point there, like as a, as the writers kind of did, that point is that it's him having to let go of the, his his heritage, essentially.
1: Yeah, it, it's letting go of that. It's the fact that. Obviously, he wasn't, you know, a baby designed for a function, but the whole sort of Kryptonian law that his dad's described is everyone had a function. Yeah. His dad being a scientist. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, his dad being someone who could figure things out. And it just feels like instead of figuring things out, Clark became Zod and just killed yeah. the problem. But Zod, like w- he, yeah. He, yeah, so I know. In, in that sense, Zod wins. We, we end up with a Superman who kills to solve his problems. And yeah. It's it, it, it's it all it's all down to bad parenting on John Kent's part by breeding <laughs> this fearful kid who doesn't trust anybody, uh, and uh, and we're supposed to somehow believe that this Superman is then a symbol of hope. When yeah, again, yeah, yeah, I agree. He's ju- he's just shown that he's not. He he's can't. Not, he, yeah, he's not he's, hopeful. He's, he has to stop this evil man. Yeah, he's that. He's that thing we should fear. You know, he's just as bad as the other Kryptonians that were destroying Metropolis. He broke most of Metropolis. Yeah. Didn't even, like, in the other... You've, you may have noticed this, but in the other Christopher Reeves films, he stops fighting the bad guys to save people occasionally. Yeah. Other than or Lois. he goes
0: and rebuilds things, or he, like, yeah. catches, catches... like In Superman Returns, he catches the
1: globe from falling off the top of the Daily Planet, doesn't he? He doesn't um, save anybody in this film, except no. Lois. He he, oh, lets, right? Yeah, he lets all this rubble land on people, nearly killing Bruce Wayne, as we find out in Batman v Superman. Yeah, you know, I think for uh, me,
0: the, the the straw that broke the camel's back, and again, it is heavily referenced in in Batman v Superman, is a bit where they laser beam through the building, and the building just collapses. Um yeah. And you are like, really? Did they really need to do that? Like, what? Yeah. Oh, and I, it, I, just, I just thought that fight seemed silly. I think it went on too long. Yes, it looked fantastic uh, visually. Um, but at that point in the movie, we've already had the visual spectacle of them blowing up the world engine thing. So I was kind of happy for it to just be him and Zod, yeah. you know, or I don't know. I don't know what I wanted, but I kind of felt that it needed less of that. It,
1: it, it needed less of that. I think it, it could have, stu- it, you know, it could stand for a... a a couple of scenes where Superman saves somebody else, yeah. Like, during that fight, because there, there are scenes in in similar films where the bad guys will knock over a building to distract the good guy, because what yeah. the good guy will do is try and save the people. Yeah, of course, and that and works. that I know it's a bit of a trope. I know it's overused, but that that works yeah. cause that and and Superman films kind of started that trope, so it would be fine for this one to to use it. I think. Yeah. Um, but like you say, visually it looks good. Do you know what doesn't visually look good, Jake? Go on. Henry Cavill as Clark Kent entering the Daily Planet jacked to hell just bursting out of his suit with a fake nose. (laughs) Trying to act geeky. It just doesn't work. With a fake nose. I know. He's got the fake nose. He does have a fake nose. I'm not wrong, am I? He definitely has a fake nose. I don't know whether it's his glasses that just make his nose look bigger. I don't know. can you can just go back and at to... it later. I'm sure yeah. that is a fake nose. We're, we're, we'll have to cover this next episode. I've gone back and checked. But he no, we're not. not. We're moving on for Superman. He, I'll tell you, we're he, done. He's a brilliant Kalel, He's a great Superman. Yeah. He's a unbelievable, in every sense of the word, Clark Kent. He Do you just... know what I thought as well, right? Because this ends with him starting
0: at a Daily Planet. I had yeah. to realise at that end of that film, was this a Clark Kent origin
1: film? yes it was this is how he became Clark Kent of the Daily Planet because Um, it it does feel like doesn't it like it doesn't
0: really end with Superman it ends with Clark becoming Clark Kent and you're like
1: this is is like the opposite end of did you ever ever watch the adventures of Lois and Clark with Dean Cain yeah I did when I was a kid this is is the opposite storytelling to that whereas that was all about his life as Clark and occasionally he became Superman yeah And and this is all about his life as Superman, where at the end he realizes he's Clark Kent, (laughs) and he he wants to give himself an excuse to go on adventures. Yeah. Um. There's also a really weird flashback with the kid and the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Now that is young Clark because he says, "Oh, yeah, I wish my dad." could see could have seen me. He, he talks about John Kent, and he, he's talking to Martha, and he says, oh, I wish, I wish Dad could have seen me, and Martha goes, don't worry, he did. <laughs> it comes to this scene of him as a kid mm. wearing a yeah, red towel, like you say. It's like, why is he wearing a cape? Because do superheroes exist in this universe? Nope. No. No. Uh, I'm assuming comic books might do. Maybe he's, he's pretending he is, to be... He is the comic book, isn't he? He's the first yeah. comic book superhero. Like, this yeah. is the
0: thing as well. Like, this scene with him and the doggy and him in the cape with with the washing line that was in the original trailer like you said it says from Zack snyder in small um, yeah produced by christopher nolan um big letters mm-hmm. who big, did just the,
1: covering the entire screen you can't yeah. see what's going on so you assume there's a <laughs> who film made, behind You made
0: the dark knight that one with the joker that you saw um, <laughs> And then you see uh, you see literally clips of Clark um, and the cape and him putting his little hands by his hips as a child and everyone's like, oh, they're doing an yeah. origin. They're doing an origin, a proper one. Yeah. But that's not what we got.
1: That's not what we got. What we get is this weird reference at the end where Clark says, I wish dad could have seen me save the world <laughs> is what he's inferring. And his mum just completely misses it going, oh yeah, no, he did see you wearing a cape. Yeah. It's like, no, no, that wasn't the bit I wanted him to see. I didn't want him to see me wearing the cape. I wanted to see him to see me as a superhero, yeah. not not as a guy that wears a cape. I get that he saw me as a kid in a cape, but that's very, very different to what I just did. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, that was it. That's it. That's Man of Steel. Um, yeah. It's again, it's not a bad film. Its biggest problem is it doesn't know what it wants to be, and it almost no. feels like they don't know what audience they're targeting. Because if I was a, a father, I would. I, if I was a dad, I wouldn't want to take my kids to see it because it's not necessarily a kid film, is it? Um, no, nor it is doesn't it. Doesn't really adult. have a
1: message for kids, really. It's not. It does like other superhero films <laughs> yeah. like Yo, you? You could be. You can be whatever you want. Go, go, reach for the stars. Yo. Yeah, and this is yeah. like, don't do anything. People will judge you. <laughs>
0: It's like you said. It's it's got too much of that. Trying to pitch up up against things like Avatar, uh, Matrix, uh, the Transformers films. Um, it's got hints of the uh, the the DC the the Batman films that Nolan did, but it's not too much of that. And it's got a bit of what we did with Superman Returns, but not enough of that either. Uh, and it's not a fun film. It's not fun. There isn't any funny no. things in it. Like in Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, you have your your Jim Gordon. You've got your your um, your Alfred, who's fun, who's a funny character. You've got um, yeah. what's the character played by um, by Thingy? Um, um, I've gone. My mind's just gone completely blank. What's his name? Who's the one that gives him the weapons? Morgan Freeman's character.
1: Yeah. Uh, Lucius Fox
0: Fox you've got him like he's funny isn't he he makes jokes about Batman all the time you're like yeah he understood that you needed to have the dramatic moments of of dark you know my parents are dead then you need to have the light silly characters that ground him as a human that make him relatable and this film doesn't have any of that
1: (laughs) no it doesn't have any of that it could have had Mm. if they'd included Jimmy Olsen Jimmy Olsen would have been the light comic relief Yeah, he kind of
0: grounds him, doesn't he? You
1: know, he's the... Basically, what Clark would be if Clark wasn't also Superman. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have the confidence. He's he's trying to make his way in the big city. He's got a a job that pays well enough for him to live, but he's not really succeeding very well. And he's not very good at that job because in all the other films, he falls over and has to be rescued by Superman. So Jimmy Olsen is that comic relief, and they ignore him.
0: (laughs) This is the problem I've got, where... He's not. Um, he doesn't do anything fun. Like he doesn't do the Christopher Reeve Bumbling through the. Um, you know he only bumbles through like the, the door, and he can't get the yeah. revolving door to work. He doesn't do anything like that in this. There's none of that.
1: He um, he is the the Andrew Garfield problem, where Andrew Garfield was too cool to be Peter Parker. Yeah,
0: and yeah. too dark and mysterious. It didn't work. Yeah, I Cavill's agree. Too
1: too cool to too be moody, Clark. too moody. Too yeah. moody to be Clark. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, and it's like yeah, you're abs- you're 100% on the money with that. That's exactly what it is. And it's the same thing with where you start your reboot of Spider-Man in Marvel with um Tom Holland narrating a video with a with a dark voice going, um I'm in a rough neighborhood. It's uh it's Brooklyn, but it's home. And you're like that's funny and it's endearing yeah. and it and it, that it's kind of taking the piss out of all the dark superhero films because you're going yeah. it's a 15-year-old kid Who's got a costume? Who can who can websling? But we don't care. It's fun. Let's have the fun bits. Yeah. And it's like this is the the era of movies. Not only the action film era, but they did it with Transformers. They did it with uh, they did it with this. They did it with Batman to an extent. They do this thing. I think they even did it with like Bond. They make them too gritty and too real and too dark that they're just not fun to watch.
1: <laughs> yeah, they they really aren't. And it's just I I. I... <laughs> I like what they eventually try and do to course yeah. correct in mm. uh, Justice League, which I'm sure we'll cover at some point. But where they try and bring back that hopeful, brightly coloured Superman that we yeah. wanted, and it, it's almost like an apology to the fans. Yeah. It, but it's so at that point, it's so far down the line. We've got so many different mixed messages about yeah. what this Superman represents. I, I hope they give Henry Cavill another go. I, yeah, we'll see. I would like to see another Henry Cavill Superman film done correctly. Yeah. This no, is a great film. This is no. this is not that film.
0: <laughs> no, it's definitely not that film. Um I wanted to read you some facts before I go. Um Excellent. so this was uh director Zack this is the first fact. Zack Snyder really wanted uh to include a shirtless scene of Henry Cavill in the film uh even though you see Uh, You see him in a form-fitting bodysuit when he appears extremely muscly. He said the audience would think it was all rubber muscles. It was very important to show Cavill's body off without the suit to make sure that the audience knew
1: it was real. (laughs) <laughs> it's stuff like that that makes him sound like michael bay like I, this is the yeah, same reason michael Bay does those slow panning shots yeah. of megan fox and women this going just, upstairs yeah from yeah. The, it's it's the upskirt angle isn't it it's awful it, it's, it's just the same thing but for blokes and yeah. being a fat bloke i yeah you know, i can't relate
0: <laughs> uh, number two in an early smallville scene near kent house um clark is seen getting off a double decker uh, sorry a double tanker truck passing the um the the the, uh, the house it has the brand LexCorp on the side of the truck um also a tanker and a building in metropolis later seen in the film also have the words LexCorp written on them which is a a, a link to lex luther uh superman's arch rival that was yeah.
1: good they, they, they
0: are cool little easter eggs, though, I like them. He's not in it, but he's his. He's in this universe. Obviously, we find out about him in Superman, uh, Dawn of Justice. Was it Batman vs Superman? Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Whatever that film was called. I forgot what it was. It's got so many bloody titles, isn't it? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the
1: disappointment.
0: Apparently, the idea that the S shield on the Superman suit, meaning hope, is taken from Mark Wade's Superman birthright comic. Uh, in the S shield, there's a Kryptonian symbol for hope, and in Superman... Uh, They created the concept of The Shield being a Kryptonian herald for the House of El. So they just merged the two together.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That makes Uh, sense. I mean, it's a cool idea. I don't buy it. It's just an S. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Another fact, was this,
0: fact four? Um, The film was released in June 2013, so nearly seven years ago. It was the 75th anniversary of the original Donna Superman film.
1: Oh, that's good. So It came out on the anniversary. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. it shows that they were thinking about some things.
0: Uh, I'm trying to find... uh, What's that one gone? Uh, When Clark talks to the priest in the church, there is a stained glass window behind him which contains a painting of Christ in the garden of Gethsemane. I'm going to have to ask uh, someone I know for the pronunciation on that. Uh, This is where Christ prayed for strength to undergo the ordeal that he would have to face and parallels Clark's own fate in this story.
1: Oh, yeah, there's a lot of like Jesus things uh you know relating Superman yeah. to being uh, a a god. Uh so that it, it's it's really cool that they they're hiding that subtly. And then in the next film it's not <laughs> subtle at all because in the next film he's he's literally being touched by people hoping to be healed. So... I'm going
0: can I give you the last fact before I go? You'll yeah. love
1: this one. I I really did dig through facts. I thought this one you'd absolutely
0: love. Uh the tornado sequence in which Jonathan Kent dies. Uh, stirred up controversy with the National Weather Service, uh, as they stated. So <laughs> I don't even know why I'm laughing at this. As they stated that overpasses are not sufficient safe shelters in the event of a tornado. Oh God! Wind, it wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> Wind funneling effects can increase the likelihood of being struck by debris. Many thought that overpasses were safe, but after a highly publicized video of a TV crew and several others taking shelter in an overpass during a tornado. Uh, in Kansas, Uh, the overpass did not take a direct hit. However, in 1999, uh, under the Moore Bridge Creek, several people were killed under an overpass, prompting the NWS and other weather agencies to proclaim them as an unsafe place to refuge in the event of
1: a tornado. (laughs) They probably all would have been safer with John by the (laughs) car. Yeah. Yeah. I love that of all the things
0: that people have problems with. It's the flying creatures, the alien planets, the USB sticks, the kryptonite. Yeah. No, it's the <laughs> that it's, one they person, use of I think you'll find. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right, James, oh. I
0: think that about wraps it up.
1: Yeah, that is, we, that is Man of Steel.
0: We are going to be coming back very shortly uh, with a anniversary of a franchise, which is 35 years old this year, James. And wow. we will not tell the audience what that is until we uh, we come on. But if you think you know what it is, do hit us up on Twitter or on our Instagram. We are going to be doing this in a couple of weeks. So you will be seeing a bit of a break until me and James get off our ass and do the new franchise that we're doing. Uh, I will give yeah. you one clue. It is a trilogy. It is very well loved. And it's 35 years old. Um, and that is what we're going to be doing as our next project. So, yeah that'll be coming up after after this and we'll probably will do the uh dc universe which we've now done this we'll just use this as a jumping off platform
1: yeah uh, i think hopefully doing... the, the others will be much shorter than this because it's yeah. more of the same i
0: think doing <laughs> another five superhero films right now would be a, a bit much
1: <laughs> yeah i i don't think we can manage but so uh, yeah new franchise yeah guess new us, beginning. Guess guesses in the mail or twitter um And uh, don't send anything in the mail. Uh, We don't have an address. (laughs) We don't
0: have an official address yet. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Thanks for James. I'll see you later, man. See you. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.